Hey guys, it's Kai here. And on behalf of the team, I wanted to thank you all for your continued support of Mixed Company. We couldn't have had a successful season two without you. Just so you know, this next episode, which is also our season finale, is a pretty long one. So we've gone ahead and chopped this baby in half. So you get two episodes for the price of one. We hope you enjoy both tracks and have the best holiday season. Stay dope and we'll holler at you all in 2018. Welcome to Mixed Company, bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed Company. Damn, listen, I've been saying it's 2018 for like the last six weeks, literally writing it down. That means some good shit's about to happen. But we are finishing off 17, 2017 with... Uh, some new friends, some old friends, some forever friends. We've got uh, your favorite big sister in the industry, Goddess Rivera here, and we got the homie Gary Nix joining us for this episode. I know Gary is new, so actually it might be cool to get into a little bit about you um, a little later, but y'all go ahead and say hi. What up, what up? What up, up, people? Just saying hey, it's been a crazy year, great year. Um, even crazier year, <laughs> but I'm really excited to be back. Thank you guys so much for having me at the house party. Uh, I'm going to try and turn some music on up in here, get it popping in just a minute, get the energy up. That's probably what uh, it should have been. Yeah, man, take this year on now and uh, bring in the new one, so I'm excited. No, I mean, I will give time for Goddess to reintroduce herself on December 4th. <laughs> Shout out to Jay-Z, happy birthday. But, you know, once again, thank you guys for inviting me. My, my name is Gary J. Nix. Uh, I'm on the strategy side, and I'm doing some interesting things with a uh, new company called Bold Culture that I'm very, very excited about. So there's about to be some changes in this industry for the good, finally. I'm saying that. But I will hand this microphone back over to someone who is making these extreme moves in the industry to you know, allow her to reintroduce herself because her name is... <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's some time, man. Come on, man. No, I, I, you know, I'm still not famous because, you know, the work is not done yet. So I have so much more work to do. Um, this has been a great year. So it is true. In July, I came in um, as associate director of social media strategy. And today, I'm going to get my little swerve on real quick. Tell y'all, I'm the director now. Tell me one more time. Come on, director. Come on, director. This black woman right here. Right here. Right here. Director of Inclusion. Live and Living Color. (laughs) Yes, Live and Living Color. Director of Inclusion and Cultural Resonance. So, um, really long. So sexy. Yes, right? How do you put that on a business card? I'm trying to get some theme music for it because it's like, it just, it feels like I need some theme music when I tell people that (laughs) title. So, working on that. Um, But yes, it's been amazing. I would love to tell you guys a little bit more about it, but it's been awesome. And just kind of, you know, for anybody who listened to the last podcast, bless you all for actually doing that (laughs) on my episode. Um, you know, it's a kind of a mix of my passion for inclusion and diversity, and then also my passion for strategy and strategic, um, kind of uh, strategic solves to business problems, which diversity is, is a huge one um, that we need to get to the bottom of. So I'm really excited. Still with VML, uh, definitely part of the VML family, and shout out to them for really just seeing that this could be something and helping me uh, and us to create this position together. So I'm here, a little different, but moving on up to the east side. Absolutely. 
absolutely and i feel like this episode is just the episode of closed uh closing the the circle or circling back actually gary we had bold, bold culture and your black paper report the black paper report um as dope shit probably like four episodes ago so just based on for those of you that had a chance to listen to that episode and the articles from the black paper report um for those of you that had a chance to take a look at or inquire about it this is this is the man right here that helped uh bring that to fruition i keep it at my desk just in case i want to check like for real it's at my desk right now it's right under the laptop just in case like people want to know because people do ask um you know about culture when really what they want to say is like well, what do black people do i'm like well actually here are some things that we care about this year um and i've been able to do that twice thus far with some clients we have here so yes, that's, that's really what i like to hear but i just want to be clear because i'm just an advisor you know so i'm not trying to like step away from what i'm doing but i'm connecting the people so darren biana ahmad you know um i'm trying to make sure that i connect them because they are the ones putting the work in and i'm helping them out so you know so there's some young cats who are coming up and I want to make sure that they are actually getting the recognition that they should be getting, and you know, next time I'm you gotta bring them with you. You gotta oh, bring them I mean, with you. I mean, I mean, hey, they 2018, a summer 2018, party. You know, this 2018 it's, summer it's, party. It's about to be, it's about to be a thing in in this 2018. I'm trying to tell you. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so as you guys know, this our well, maybe you don't know, but let me tell you and break some hearts. This is our last episode for this season. Um, AKA for the for 2017. So we are going to go ahead and recap for you some of the things that we thought were great and some of the things that we know were not. Essentially, this is going to be our extended dope shit or ain't shit episode. Um, for those of you that like to hear us say real things about real things, um, this is what we're going to do. And we've invited Gary and Goddess here to help us uh, drink up all this wine eat up some of this food and talk as much shit as we can um and so we can see 2017 off let's just open let me open it up this way how do y'all feel about 17 2017 in general like it's december what's on your mind Uh, that that question feels so loaded right now (laughs) it's a heavy question um i mean i think it was there was there was a lot of bad shit, uh, not necessarily bad shit, but no, nah, there was bad shit. Um, <laughs> um, I think it was a, a shot to all of our mental systems with the amount of bullshit that we've um, had to endure over the last year. Because I don't think a lot of us realized like we were kind of coasting for the last eight years because we didn't really have to think about um, our president getting us blown up or you know not. Uh, you know, our government actively working against us so blatantly. Um, and so I think this, this year was kind of a little bit of a mindfuck. But I think the, the good thing that came out of it being a mindfuck is that I think, in, you know, everyone likes to throw around the term woke, but I think in order for you to be woke, you have to like wake the fuck up. And so I think this year was kind of a little bit of an alarm clock for for a lot of people, so to speak, where a lot of these issues weren't top of mind, and now they will be. Um, so we could kind of go into 2017 with 
a broad understanding of the shit that needs to be addressed? I think... 2018. I mean, I think it's um, a year of awareness, right? So for me personally, and then for as a country, do I think... I don't know if we're going to have the same situation or same leader in the next year. Um, prayers up. But anyway, um, it, it's a year of awareness because even though we have politically we're messed up from seeing people, you know, how they're reacting, whether it's protests, whether there's a reaction. And I think, yes, people have to wake up. But I think that my hope and confidence of people have has grown because I didn't expect much. You know, I I expected for people to be complicit and to see that others who are trying to get out of that, I find that inspiring. So I don't know if things will change in 2018, but I do have more confidence in people that they will do their best to enact change. Um, yeah, I think it's it's so interesting looking back at this year, which was so tumultuous. But personally, it was real Tiffany Haddish and Cardi B, like, for me. Like, you know what I mean? So I'm like, damn, I'm just, I'm getting mine, like, in this terrible-ass year. Like, but I, I don't, you know, it's, it was hard because y- y'all know how big I am on, like, on Twitter and, and how much I stay plugged into like what's happening it's almost like a train wreck I can't look away but I've I've really decided to look at this year as as, as a purge it's almost like let it happen let it all come out let it all come out you know what I mean because it's, it's like we can't move forward we can't fix this and I think it's it's scary to see all these things kind of happening but I'm really excited to see the dismantling of all of this all of these institutions that have never been challenged that have just been allowed to go unchecked there's several different things that I mean I think we can talk to when we talk about sexual harassment and politics there's a ton of stuff that's just crumbling and you see a little bit of the hysteria as people freak out I think we were just talking about that a little bit in the, in the um, elevator but I think it's just it's what's needed for change and like you said we were sweeping dust under the rug for for a long time you know I would say literally since the 70s as we ushered into the 80s and people were like oh okay some of us have corporate jobs and everything is fine everything's not fine you know now we're trying to close Rikers we're trying to do in bail you know cash bail we're trying to do criminal justice reform we're trying to get sexual harassers up out of all these industries we're trying to really bring true diversity into our industry so I don't think we would have got there in this coasting place so it's scary and terrifying but it's something beautiful in this mess as it falls down and demolishes I think what will rise above that will be something that should have been there all along Yeah, I think everyone has really, you know, really covered it. Like 2017, rough. Like, let's just be real. <laughs> um, I mean, I know personally um, that fateful day in November of last year, I know the next day I called out black. <laughs> That's real. You know, that was just like the ready. But, you know, there is something to be said about all these systems that are now starting to crumble because stuff got so crazy that people just did not want to take it anymore you know um and it you know points back to that uh resilient nature of people of color because it's like okay it's like okay we're upset but is this really different from what we've been experiencing before nah nah 
so here's an opportunity that we can go ahead and make some change because it's just so crazy now. It's just so ridiculous. Things can get so bad or people are starting to see how bad things are. Let's take this opportunity to go ahead and lead the charge and making everything better. So that's what I see on deck for 2018. You know, people actually saying, okay, you see the problems now. You know, you're even going to say, oh, you don't see the problems. We know you're lying. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to go ahead and just start doing more and doing things that make sure that we take care of the people who are not being taken care of because that's going to make everything better for everyone in the long run. I think 2017 was the year that people just just stopped being okay with saying, yeah, that's bad, and more like, holy fuck, how are we going to change it? So I was excited. CNN kept me abreast of all the situations, you know, every time we were almost near war. I feel like there have been three times today already. Um, we've seen a lot of glass houses shatter, and I, I'm energized. I'm ready for 2018. I'm ready for 2018. So with that said, I want to talk about our favorite moments, some really dope shit that we feel that's happened in uh, 2017 that we can reflect on because there were some good moments. There were a lot of low moments, but there were some really good moments. Uh, I think the dopest thing about 2017 is when you have politically terrible years, your entertainment just skyrockets. There's so much content out there to make jokes from, whoever. So I had the best time in front of my television. I think even now with our content, you know, it's more receptive and and people want to hear a lot about, you know, diversity and inclusion because it's important and it's super key. So I think, you know, yes, it's been a terrible year on a political side, but for content and entertainment, I've had the best time, so shout out to that. I think for me, it was it was really kind of like leaning into all the advice that we've been giving on uh-huh. um, the podcast. Because one of the things for me is that um, I know how I look on the outside in rooms full of white people, where I'm six foot tall, black dude, and I try not to be aggressive or it's so hard too for black you. um and so this year was kind of like well fuck it like if you're right you're right and if you're wrong you're wrong um <laughs> fuck shit up if people aren't in line and that's kind of what's like the dopest shit for me this year and not giving a fuck <laughs> Which is funny because, like, in real life, you really don't give a fuck. Like, your work life, I, was, I mean, I, but this so cognitive dissonance so, is fucking with me so right here, now. So, like. here's the other thing where, and I think we talked about this, where last year, kind of coming, you know, doing this podcast and having a lot of women on the podcast, I was making it a personal goal of mine to be more empathetic. By a lot of women, do you just mean me and Karina? Are you talking about? I mean, but yeah, but that's that's part of it. I mean, that's that's also part of it. I mean, that's also part of it. Where it's about being more empathetic, and it's not just necessarily in spaces where there are predominantly women. It's also with white people, right? So, I mean, it's Orlando snickering. I mean, I didn't shudder when you said it. I knew what you meant. But it's the reality. So it's it's also where it's really easy to call somebody racist, right? And so. For me, being empathetic is also like, all right, cool, well, there may be some ignorance in this space right here, so let me figure out a way to sort of maneuver and navigate it and um, come to some sort of resolve. 
But when people don't want to meet you on that common ground, then fuck shit up. And that was <laughs> that was my strategy for this year, and that's what happened. I mean, there's a lot there's a lot to be said about how empathy, especially this year, yeah. has um, <coughs> resulted in a lot of unapologetic blackness. You know, a lot of black people just being fed up whether you know you are (laughs) you know whether you you know and you know just to be clear you know we're talking about african-american people we're talking about afro-latino people we're talking about everyone like everyone who kind of who who really identifies with blackness and is black because yeah anyway but people who i really identify with it and they're like no i don't have to coddle you anymore I can just be go ahead and be me and seeing a lot of people a lot of black people especially black women being able to just say okay this is me deal with it that's that's such a good thing it's it's all about being real it's all about the opportunity to be real you know that's really the dopeness it's, we've seen it in the entertainment we've seen it in some of the work we've seen it in some of the reactions to the work that was wrong We've seen it in so many different spheres that even though so much of it has come from like a bad place or the result comes from a bad place, it's resulted in giving hope for the future. Yeah. I mean, and the underlining thing to um, fucking shit up, I think it's, 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 it's wrapped in like self-care where your people are starting to realize that they need to take care of themselves um, despite whatever the fuck is happening. Um, and I, I think that's that's one of the things that I see like rising to the top this year where people are like, well, fuck it, I'm, this is happening, I'm gonna make sure that I'm good so that when the smoke clears, I'll, I'll still be standing. Can I ask a question? I'm gonna ask it away. For, <laughs> for, we talk about being free and being, you know, authentic. We have the ability to be more authentic as black people, as minorities, black, brown. Do you think people who become so free and realize that their opinion is kind of fucked up? Like people who, who, I think of, you know, that, is it from Apple? That lady, yeah, who felt like, you know, she had the, the agency to be free with her opinion only to find out that her opinion was messed up. Like, do you think next year we'll be more forgiving of people who are authentic no. and realize that their opinion is not right or skewed? Here's an interesting part of that. I think that there have been people who have just downright been wrong being authentic for a very long time. What's happening now is more people are being called out for it. Mm-hmm. Um, the situation that happened at Apple, that was her thought, then she backtracked, then she disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> and in that order. She pulled she pulled she pulled the homer in the bushes real quickly. Like, yeah. You know? <laughs> she did. And I I can even imagine like I didn't see the video, I wasn't there, but I could even just imagine when the words came out of her mouth and she heard it, she, like part of her in the head was just like, Did I just I don't think she did. I can't. I don't, I don't, I don't think, think she, can't, she did. I don't. I, don't mm, I was trying to make a point, but I went way too far, and and 
I would actually argue that that was not her being her authentic self. That was her trying to say the right thing. Mm. Because when it comes to diversity especially, I told Goddess about this. I told plenty of people. After the, um, the black Twitter panel, there was another panel that took place, um, even though most people left. Yes. Keep that in mind. Even though most people left. Yes, we saw. We saw the room okay. empty. <laughs> we saw the room empty very quickly after yeah. you exited right. the stage. Even though there might have only been 17 people in the room at the time. <laughs> um, there, was, there was someone from an agency talking about how one diversity of mind is more, diff- is more important than diversity of people. Um, talking about how brands don't have the right to to put to force um, agencies to have diverse staff. Oh, wow. It's like, dog, you're missing it. Like this diversity, is, this neutrality. I see. You know, and this is not the first time it happened. You know, this happened earlier in the year at Cannes. Like all these crazy things where they're trying to put diversity in a different bucket, as if diversity of people does not bring diversity of mind automatically. Yep. Like you can't separate the two. So just stop trying to nitpick on the stuff. No, it's either all in or nothing or nothing. No, just stop playing around. Well, I think to that point, you know, when we started the podcast, um, Kai made a good point about when we're talking. Damn right, I did. (laughs) Yeah, you're damn Um, right. I made a good point. I I, I only remember important things. Um, But she she talked about diversity not being specific enough, and I think that's where people start to be feel more free to have those opinions and sort of redefine it for what whatever their um, agenda may be. But I think I don't think there's going to be a lot of leeway come 2018. I think we're seeing that right now with what's happening with all these dudes getting called out on sexual harassment where I think, you know, in the years past, like these dudes didn't just start doing it. They've been doing it forever. And so it's been getting sweeped under the rug. So like watching um, them get body body slammed um, and kicked out of their industries or kicked out of their jobs. I don't think it's going to um, change in 2018. I think it's going to get worse where there's going to be more people because it's, it's all about empowerment. I think more people are starting to feel empowered when they're when they're oppressed or they're um, assaulted or violated. Um, and I think 2018, there's just it, they're going to be more bodies. Um, laying in in the gutter, so to speak. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I mean, I want to take it back right to the. I want to take it back to the. Uh, I guess she was the director of diversity, or was she the chief diversity? She was global. I want to take it back to. I feel very strongly. Um, I I don't feel like those that was her personal perspective on diversity. Why don't you? I feel. I don't feel like that was her personal perspective, and we've talked about it before about how I feel that. Um, my stance, I'll speak for my, myself, my stance on inclusion and my stance on how to carry myself at work and how vocal I choose to or choose not to be is very different than I feel that the generation or two generations before me were, where my parents came into business. And my father worked, um, my father was on the, the board for the EEO C when he was working uh, at the VA hospital back home when growing up. Um, and even his position is very like lenient with how to how we should respond and how we should present ourselves and very uh, I mean we talk about it, respectability politics respectability politics was how a lot of people survived and not only survived but they thrived 
a lot with with just kind of going along with the status quo and letting people letting people that are not of color and also letting uh, a lot of men get away with shit just because it's like well that's just what we do that's just how it is and as long as you keep your shirt tucked in your you know your your hoods taken off and and you act like the good black person that you are everything will be fine and I, f- I feel like even having conversations with my mom, my uncles, and my aunts, like, they tend to slip into this idea where it's like, well, the way the past worked was fine. Like, it was good enough. And, yeah, you can have diversity. All white people don't think the same. And it's like, no, all white people don't think the same. But just imagine how differently you would think if you had a couple black and Latino voices next to you to also uh, pitch into this conversation. So... I don't, I don't, I think as a woman she recognized, I'm, I'm sure as a woman she recognizes the bias, the biases, uh, or the bias, what's plural, the bi-i, 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 I'm sure she recognized that there is bias in not having, not bringing our um, voices to the table. But I'm also that same jerk reaction you think she might have, uh, Gary was saying that she may have had like, ooh, I might have said some shit that wasn't right. I feel like she was also having that same jerk reaction, like, ugh, if I don't say this, I might not be going back to a job. And and being apologetically black as to where most of us, like we've come, like. I mean, I've written about it so many times this year. Like, it's definitely something that gets brought it brought up in every status that I have with the supervisor, where it's just like, I'm going, as long as I'm secure in what I'm about to say, and I believe it, I really don't, I'm, I'm not worried if you don't believe it. So to your point, where people um, might receive a backlash from being authentically themselves and unapologetically honest about their position on diversity and inclusion if you're going to be real about what you have to say you also have to be real enough to know like well if somebody doesn't agree with it i can take a punch like you have to be able to take a punch if you're going to actually be yourself so i don't think people are going to stop i think the people that really don't have nothing to say and just want spotlight are going to take a step back because they're going to realize that they're not really here to spar with other people that have a different perspective, I think there are going to be a lot more people that also recognize that they have a powerful presence and a powerful voice that are going to come to the forefront. Because again, if you're able to if you're able to stand your ground to the point where it's like it really doesn't matter if if the if the president of the of the free world if the most powerful man of the free world has anything to say to say about me i'm still going to feel this way and i'm still going to talk about it um I, I i think we're developing like a new superhero which actually leads into what my uh dope shit for 2017 was and that was like the rise of the socio-political influencer where you know, like influencers, we've always been there. You know, I go to YouTube to find the best makeup tips and to figure out which highlighter goes best with my fancy foundation. Um, but I can also go to Twitter and YouTube to also get the 13, you know, the 13 bulleted, 13 things I need to know about whatever Colin Kaepernick and what he was doing today. Um, finding out where, or getting a better idea uh, from the ladies of uh, the New York City's Justice League, who were also a part of the uh, 
I guess the the board or the committee for the women's march this year and like following them and like those becoming the heroes so Tamika D Mallory and Carmen Perez um and and having those now be the people that I, I look out I look up to um to get my information about culture to get my information about policy and not just it being me like the nerds sitting here watching CNN but like my little cousins know who they are and like my friends know who they are and that's the topic of brunch after we discuss Cardi B we also want to know when the next march is happening and has anybody seen Tamika's latest Instagram post and how she was also posed up with you know Bozema say or Boz Bozema St. John and and everyone like I I felt it was empowering and 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 something that I hadn't seen in the past where before we would uh before we would put just general celebrities if you were an entertainer of sorts that is what made people want to follow you and now it's like you don't even just have to be entertaining what are you doing to help change or push culture and entertainment is not the only way to do that um so for me that was amazing Colin Kaepernick did his thing he was fine as hell while doing it um like I talked about the, the women from the Justice League, also um, a lot of grassroots influencers and, and following them. Like for those of you that went out of your way to vote this year, it was it was a good run actually having somebody to pay attention to because it's like, well, I wanna know what you tweet about in your everyday if I'm gonna start voting for you. And like, how do you react when something happens outside of uh, what you say uh, at a town hall meeting? You know, what are you saying on podcasts when you go on them? Um, so there was like the new celebrity wasn't your everyday dancer, singer, uh, actor. It was also the person that's trying to make you live a better life. Um, wow, that was dope. <laughs> Thank you all. Dope shit. Thank you. Um, no, I had I had a point that still kind of goes to your last point, but I don't know. I think I think there's definitely some generational differences in how we're approaching um, really liberation. And I think what's most interesting and what's been one of the best things about 2017 to me, and I agree with you with that rise of that social, you know, that socio-political kind of influencer. And we may love hip hop or this and that, but we're also commenting on the, the drinking water in Flint and how it hasn't been, you know, clean in, in still years don't now. Have clean water still, now. to this day, Flint does not have clean water. And you know, I think one of the things that's important to understand is that. You, is that the goal for a lot of our older generations of people of color was assimilation. Mm-hmm. I think the goal for the millennials and forward thinkers now is is real freedom. I have no interest in assimilating into a culture that was set up to oppress me. Um, I, I don't want to assimilate into it. And so I think that's where you're getting all the Instagram, you know, boutiques with the pens and the, you know, all of these beautiful ways to express our culture. And and I think that is really where the issue lies when you think about the crux of the issue in our industry is that they were trying to fit um, these experiences into that box. And it's like, no, we don't want to be in that box. We want to be, excuse me, in our own 
spoken, spoken to in our own way. So, and I always say, I always say this thing about like the handicap, the handicap of the idea is that we had to learn how to assimilate into their world and then go home and be us. But nobody on their side ever learned how to assimilate in ours. And now it's becoming a handicap to them, specifically as we slide into 2044 when they, white culture will be the minority from a numbers perspective. So it's like, I think that really marks the difference between, so that woman from Apple, the GDO, and I mean, I've been on panels. I know when you're trying to make a point and you're talking, how maybe something could come out wrong. And I also want to give us the, I, I don't, I actually, I, I definitely think she should be dragged for it because it, it's, it's a ridiculous thing to perpetuate because it strips us from our identity and how closely that, you know, who we are from all these different factors make us who we are and that diversity of thought is really becoming the all lives matter, I think, of, of inclusion, right? But it also, I want to start to get into the space where we have the, the freedom and the variety to fail, to be, to make dumb mistakes, to just be whack, because it's like, you know, white people get off that whole spectrum. They go from Jersey Shore all the way up to, you know, uh, politicians and so forth, and they get this spectrum to be human in every single way, even when they piss everyone off, you know, and I, I want to get to a place where, for us, we have that same spectrum, but instead, you know, even with all the psychological generational trauma that we're fighting against, we're still held to this standard. And it's hard because I dragged the hell out of her for saying that too, you know? So right. it's not like, it's hard not to do that because we're fighting it so much, but hopefully we can get to that place. I think that um, being in this era, living in this time, it, ha it's, it has been an opportunity of things that from the past. So... You know, my dad isn't very old, and um, I remember him, like, talking to me over dinner, saying, like, I think it's really amazing you can put out a podcast and people will listen. Just the simple fact that you can be yourself, you know, in a time where people did not feel like they could be themselves. They had to assimilate. They had to survive. They had to do what they can. And the fact that we, as a people, get to live in an era where it's now we're in a new space beyond that, I think that is a very free place. And I think even now, I think that's amazing. I, th I don't want to say like, oh, you know, in the past, you know, it was this, but in the past, those things had to happen for us to have this freedom now. And um, also, I think the, the point that we had to have room to fail and say the, the wrong things and, um, get past it that is so important because um one thing that is not necessarily talked about a lot but i think people kind of know on their own is something about growth you know people have to have room to grow or people should have room to grow you know um any dragons that take a plate that take place don't necessarily mean that, that person is now canceled because you know there there's been a lot of talk about cancel culture which draggings are cool but cancel culture not so much because right people are human people are going to make mistakes people will talk from their own experience sometimes only and either not be thinking about another side of the conversation or they may not have even um, experienced that kind of side to go ahead and talk to that you know, so we do have to remember that we have to hold people accountable 
but then not just throw them in the trash necessarily right away. Now, there are going to be extreme times when it's like, okay, this person is absolutely trash. There's no saving them, right? But it takes a while to yeah. get disinvited from the, from the family cookout. Right, okay. but, but more often than not, a person can do better and more importantly, will do better. So I think we, you know, I think, I'm pretty sure everyone in this room thinks that way. And I think um, we as a whole also think that way, but sometimes we don't talk about it enough to make sure that it's like, okay, you're gonna get dragged, you're gonna catch these jokes, but as long as you listen and we talk about it, ultimately it's gonna be okay. That's like people of color upbringing one on one. Like you're gonna get dragged, you're gonna catch these jokes, but it's gonna be okay. And I, I mean, that's what makes these conversations like great, right? Like the whole point. Like there have been many times where you know, Karina and Simeon have brought to my attention perspectives that I may not have seen, and I, I know even the last episode where we were talking about sexual harassment, and, and Simeon was like, I don't know if I've ever seen sexual harassment. It's like oh, well, friend, let me tell you all about it. Here are the ways that you've experienced this in your own life <laughs> with the van of white hands. Like, you know, like, you don't know what you don't know until somebody points it out to you, and that's why it's important. But canceling people out the door doesn't leave room for there to, to from people to learn. Um, but uh, before we move into um, ain't shit, <laughs> my favorite part of my favorite part of the day. Before we move into ancient, did you wanna did you wanna talk to any uh anything that you felt was dope, or maybe you just wanna talk about yourself? That is, I don't. No, I'm, I'm not gonna talk about. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Um, no, I mean I think you know that just looking back in this year, it's like I, I really am trying to find these silver linings, and I think about mistakes and what you were saying and. So many of, there were a lot of big mistakes in advertising this year, right? A lot of big missteps, and, you know, I think we all know kind of what those are, and some of those come on top of mind. But those were teaching moments and, and moments for me to open the door to have conversations with my CEO and COO. So it's kind of like, damn, somebody had to fail. Somebody had to do it. You know, the worst part of the way this industry was going had to come to light or else nobody would want to change it. And so that, I think, is one of the things that, was really beautiful to me is to see that all of this stuff was happening where people had no choice but to turn around and look at it. And um, the other thing I think about 2017 that just really helped me get my life was just seeing all of our storytelling come to life, all the East Rays and the Atlantas. And we started a little bit in 2016. We rocked out in, in 2017 with Queen Sugar. I mean, just like the way some I could see my aunties and my uncles and my cousins and them in these characters. And I mean, I grew up on, you know, I'm a straight, you know, I grew up in the 90s and 90s, um, you know, shows like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and, you know, Different World and stuff like that. And I look back at those shows and like the way they had to so safely tackle these real things. And then you look at Queen Sugar and where we are now with, you know, you've been raising this baby and he might not be yours because somebody had an addiction and that was just what it was. And how many people do we know that that really happened to? Baby. And it's like, okay, you know what More I'm than saying? I so need to admit. These are real stories, you know. I'm like, wow, Ava, look at you. Look at you tell 
our stories. Look at you tell the world who we are and what we can be, even through all the tribulations and all the complexities. Um, so I think it was just a beautiful year for me, being such a lover of content and writing and, and art, to see all the beautiful stories. And, you know, looking back, my daughter is six now, and I, I keep Food Network and HDTV on all the time because it's the only two channels that will never have anything questionable on, right? Now she loves cooking and freaking ship shiplap wood on HDTV. But then I started, you know, we have it on all the time since she was two because I was like, I can't watch this damn Nick Jr. all day. Like, we got to put something else on that. At least me and you could vibe on. But then I was like, damn, you're not seeing yourself. And it's a lot of white people on these shows. And so I started thinking, like, what can I do? And so I went on, like, Hulu and turned on Sister Sister. You know, and just, like, looking back at some of these shows, and now she's into Family Matters. And so I've been re-watching some of these shows, and you realize how cautiously they had to really put our experiences in this sanitized box. And we still live for it. It gave us life, you know. Um, but now I think the way art has evolved, and that, you know, feeds into what we do in this industry of the art of storytelling and, and that freedom to show all of our complexities. And it really bothered me for a while. I'm just going to say it because everybody was saying Tyler Perry did it. And I was like, uh, I'm going to say no. Um, you know, a lot of those shows, like, the, I forget the name of it, the family, not some movie, but uh, what's the name of that? Family that Family that praise. What's the show that he had? What's the show, y'all? House of Pain. House of Pain. It was like a caricature of, of who we are, right? And I was like, he had he had the run for the early 2000s, mid-2000s for a minute. And then it was like, ugh, that's not all the way who we are. Like, that's one type of way of showing that. I'm not going to hate on it. But I, I think for me, just this dynamic of, of the stories that's coming out of it, even This Is Us, which tackles stuff, you know, from different, from racial to adoption and all that, all the complexities of addiction and children and stuff like that. So I think it's just really great to see the creative that's coming and I think it's been inspiring for our industry um, to see that how important it is to understand those things. All right. So we hope you guys enjoyed what you've heard so far. Like I said, we had quite the conversation with our guests. Um, so we're going to go ahead and pause here uh, or not pause. We're going to go ahead and actually just exit out of part one of season two's season finale, uh, episode 39 um, and then join us on part two so you can hear the rest of what we've got to say. Talk to you guys soon. Bye.